traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. You are making the world a better place by listening to the Joy of Living podcast. This is your guide to achieving a more purposeful, powerful, and positive life. Join Barry Shore in unlocking the best version of you and becoming happier, healthier, and wealthier. And now, here's your ambassador of joy, Barry Shore. Good day, beautiful, bountiful, beloved, immortal beings, and good-looking people. Remember, you're good-looking because you're always looking for and finding the good. That's the definition of a good-looking person, looking for and finding the good. And you have found good in abundance. You have consciously and conscientiously turned into the joy of living with your humble host, Barry Shore, because you know that on this show, we talk about the three fundamentals of life. And the three fundamentals will enable you to be happier, healthier, and wealthier. Who doesn't want that, right? And we thank you very much because right now there are over 348,000 people around the world have tuned in and you've been telling your family and friends. So by the time we bring on our amazing guest, wonderful Jenny, there'll be over 365,000 people all listening to what we want to do because it's all about the most important person in the world. That is you. You tuned in because you care the most in the entire world about you. And that's great because when you are the best you, you make the world a better place. You build more bridges of harmony. You create more joy, happiness, peace, and love in the world. So the three fundamentals of life, of course, are number one, life, your life has purpose. And when you lead a purpose-driven life, number two happens. Now, in this case, a good number two, you go MAD. Now, MAD is a wonderful acronym. It stands for make a difference. And the third fundamental of life is to uncover the power and the secrets of everyday words and terms. Simple example, smile. <laughs> what a great word, right? Smile stands for seeing miracles in life every day. That's right. Seeing miracles in life every day. Now, when I'm uh, talking and doing shows, uh, I recently did a, a talk for between for 1,176 people. And invariably, I have people raising their hands and say, hey, Barry Shore, Barry Shore, I've been up for hours where I haven't seen any miracles. And I asked them, are you here? Can you hear? Can you stand still? I can't do that. Can you walk? I can barely do that. Do you have water to drink? Do you have food to eat? Do you have a place to sleep? Do you have family or friends? Every single one of those is a miracle. And what's the proof? Simplest proof. A million people didn't get out of bed this morning. You know why? They died. By definition, if you're watching or listening, you didn't. Therefore, you have an obligation to live life to the full, to live exuberantly. So here's a quick story. It's about me. So imagine if you can, standing up in the morning, hale and hearty, able to leave tall buildings in a single bound, and that evening being in the hospital totally, completely paralyzed. That's right. 
And it was not from an automobile accident. It was not a spinal injury. It was a rare disease, which I never heard of the day before, took over my body and rendered me a quadriplegic. I could nothing move my neck down. I could only communicate by blinking my eyes. I was 144 days in the hospital. I was in a hospital bed in my own home for two years. I couldn't turn over by myself. I was in a wheelchair for four years. I had braces on both my legs, my hips to my ankles. That was progress. Thank God today. I'm able to be vertical and ambulatory with the help of a seven foot walking wand, but I'm so I'm a tripod, not a biped. I still can't walk up a stair by myself. I can't walk up a curb by myself. And I've helped 12 hours a day, seven days a week. But you hear my voice, positive, purposeful, powerful, and pleasant, all because of this one word, smile, seeing miracles in life every day. But I got to tell you a quick story, a cute story. My eight-year-old niece comes over to me a few weeks ago and she says, Uncle Barry, Uncle Barry, can we spell smile, S-M-I-E-L? I was thinking about it. Smile, smile, why not? And I asked her, how come? She says, because then it would stand for seeing miracles in everyday life. Out of the mouth of babes, an eight-year-old. What was she doing? She was creating the kind of world she wants to live in. Now, CREATE is a wonderful acronym that stands for Causing Rethinking, Enabling All to Excel, because it's about rethinking. It's what we call shift in perspective. Now, I've been working with people for more than 40 years. More than a million people I've interacted and helped. And I can tell you that 97.2% of people who, when they hear the word, oh, shift, they drop the F and the other stuff happens. You have to be really careful with your Fs or the other stuff happens. Talking about a shift in perspective, just a small shift. And then what will happen is the six most important words that you'll ever internalize, utilize, and leverage in your life will be part of you. And they are choice, not chance, determines your destiny. Choice, not chance, determines your destiny. How you choose to respond in any given situation will help you know where you're going and the trajectory of your life. Now, before we bring on wonderful Jenny Dalio, I have to warn everybody that I do use a lot of four-letter words, and I even use the four-letter F-U word, and I do it because of the shock value, and it's fun. Now, of course, the four-letter words that we use, because I live in the world, we live in the world of the positive, purposeful, powerful, and pleasant are love, life, hope, free, grow, play, pray, swim, live, gift. <laughs> and the four-letter F your word is fun. Fun, yes. F-U, capital N, capital N. Now, people are raising their hands saying, hey, Barry Shaw, Barry Shaw. Fun's only spelled with three letters, not in our world. The world of the positive, purposeful, powerful, and pleasant. The fun is spelled F U capital N capital N. So after the show, when you see your family and friends, I want you to point your finger and tell everybody F U. But remember to capital to add capital N capital N. So where'd you get that? So I listened to Barry Shore on the joy of living. He wants to teach the world to F U capital N capital N. And before we bring on amazing Jenny, I'm going to ask everybody to use the two most powerful words in the English language from now and the rest of your life because it will make you happier, healthier, and wealthier. And these two words are, thank you, thank you, thank you, three times a day, consciously and conscientiously. Imagine the following. You walk into your coffee shop and you order a fancy latte. You sit down, somebody brings it to you. Say thank you. You walk in the coffee shop, you order a fancy latte, and a few minutes ago, I know what it brings it. You go to the counter, they say, I'm sorry, we forgot, we're busy. And you sit down, a couple more minutes, somebody brings it, you still say, thank you. You're walking out of the coffee shop, it's raining out, and, some, and, he, and somebody holds the door open for you. You say, thank you. 
you're walking out of the coffee shop, it's raining, and somebody slams the door on you. You say, thank you. You're in traffic. You're late for an appointment. Somebody cut you off. You say, thank you. You get up in the middle of the night. You stub your toe, and it hurts. You say, thank you. To harmonize and network kindness. That's what thanks stands for, to harmonize and network kindness. I can't, kind is a wonderful acronym that stands for keep inspiring noble deeds. I can't think of anybody that I'd rather share that's enjoy, that spreads noble deeds than our own wonderful Jenny Dalio. Wonderful Jenny, welcome. Please say hello. To hello. Three, Thank you so much for having me. 22 people around the world. Hello, everyone. It's so fabulous, by the way, because what's happening right now is the essence of the world. The world has no more boundaries. There are enough, there's nothing that can prevent people from communicating and interacting and living deeply. Right now, Jenny Dalio is sitting comfortably in a wonderful home in Uruguay. Barry Shore is sitting comfortably in a wonderful home in Henderson, Nevada. And we have people all around the world listening and interacting. What a fabulous opportunity to live deeply in life. Now, before I ask Jenny to talk about what we're doing together, I have to warn you. <clears throat> if I start reading her CV, her resume, we'll take the rest of the show. So I'm not going to do it. But suffice it to say that she has used all of her energy, all of her abilities, all of her power to channel that into things that touch the very essence of the being. So I'm just going to let her speak about it. Wonderful, Jenny. First of all, thank you for being here. Um, when was the last time anybody said F you to you and you laughed? <laughs> I can't even remember. Right. F you, capital N, capital N. So let's thank talk you. about what you've identified and what we're going to be working on to solve, which is the loneliness epidemic. And it is an epidemic, more powerful, more, how should we say it, more damaging than anything like COVID or anything like that. Tell us about what you've identified and what you're doing to address it. Yeah, so the loneliness <laughs> epidemic actually was already very much in place before COVID hit. And it was exacerbated by all of the isolation that all of us experienced and it continues to happen now, even as we, we gather. And, and basically what it means is that we live in a world where for a whole host of reasons, people feel surrounded by others in different ways at work, um, where they live with their families even sometimes, but they feel profoundly alone. And I volunteered at a suicide hotline for some time and before COVID. And a lot of people would call and I, I got the sense that they weren't always calling but they, because they were actually suicidal, but they were calling because we were the only ones who they knew would pick up. And they had all, everything going on in their life and they legitimately had nobody else to talk with. And um, I, can, I, I can relate to that feeling of loneliness sometimes myself. Um, right now I'm a mom of two young kids. I don't have you know as much time or energy as I used to. Um, and loneliness itself has a lot of effects, not just on our mental health, but even on our physical health. It's been compared to being worse than smoking in, in long-term studies. Um, 
a high percentage of Americans say that they don't have good friends that they can trust and turn to. So the effects are far reaching. So let's unpack a number of things that you said, because this is deep and true. Uh, I would like to posit that prior to COVID, there was a loneliness epidemic. Because one of the things that had that has happened over certainly over the past 50 plus years, which is a small amount of time in the human condition, but it's it's tremendously impactful in terms of all the things that have happened over the past half century in terms of communication stuff. One might have thought that with the greater ability to communicate, there would be less loneliness. And you're telling us on the contrary. People feel more isolated, more alone. And as you said, uh, the inability for people to create meaningful, lasting friendships, I think, is the foundational issue that we're talking about. I want to share with you when, when I do my workshops and such, I share with people that the word alone is mispronounced. And that helps people understand that you're not, because the word alone really is pronounced all one. When you can rise above alone and recognize that we're all one and start using that in your mind, in your speech, and in your heart, then things begin to happen, radiate. So I want to go to what you've done to identify the issue, which is worldwide and affects every, every culture, all peoples, and yet, therefore, it can be brought to another state. And that's what you've done with the games. Well, I want to call it a game because yeah. it is. And by the way, it, it's so fascinating. I, I have the, I'm going to hold up my box and, and my box, you'll, if I can show here, well, I'll read it. Cherish, laugh, connect. <laughs> I love the laugh, the connect, the cherish. I want you to go please into what we call live deeply and begin to help people understand the the process that you went through in creating this and building this and what it means for people. Yeah. So I hate small talk. I start getting antsy when people talk too long about the weather and I and I really want to know how they're doing and can I help in any way and what's actually going on and, and connect on a deeper level. And I've always had that. So much so that I, um, in previous chapters of my career, I used to organize events and we, you know, I organized events for a stadium with 5,000 people. And I also organized small intimate dinners and everything in between. And a lot of what those events, the purpose of those events were about living deeply, about having um, speakers would come and talk about deep and purposeful things. And then there was always a lot of time allotted to structured um, exercises, we'd have people turn to the person behind them because often the person to, to your right or your left, you came with and that that's fine, but turn around and talk to somebody behind you. And we'd, we'd really guide them in how to have a meaningful conversation with a stranger, especially in places where we were trying to put together people who wouldn't normally meet or wouldn't normally have a conversation. Um, and that was beautiful. But then when COVID hit, a new a new problem arose, which was, you know, people are having breakfast, lunch, and dinner with the same person day in and day out, day in and day out. And, yeah, you know, as much as you might have the best of intentions, we were all running out of things to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it, it kind of uh, 
highlighted a problem that already existed. You know, one of the most Googled terms around Thanksgiving is what to talk about with family. We love our family, but when we get together, we don't know how to have a meaningful connection. And I've seen that happen with couples, with neighbors, with friends. So I've, through all the events that I organized and through my own life, I started developing a playbook for how to have more meaningful connections. And eventually I decided to turn this into a product that everybody could use in their own home, whether or not they had access to one of the events that I was organizing, because I think, you know, it's imperative that everybody be able to, to connect meaningfully because it's one of the, I think it's one of the really important things that make for a meaningful life. Um, so I created. Let me, let me unpack something for a moment yeah. here. I want to go deep into what you're talking about. Um, You've mentioned it that the let's take Thanksgiving. Uh, and we're talking now about North America, by the way, the United States, because the United States is, by the way, somewhat unique in the sense that there was a purpose behind a gathering called Thanksgiving. Well, we're gathered to give thanks. Now, first of all, that means recognizing there's a creator. Okay, that's already <laughs> it's that's tiptoeing around things, but we're going to go deep into it. There's a creator. What does that mean? That means we have responsibility to each other. Because if there is a God that loves us, that created us, we're not meant to be unitary units. We're meant to interact and to work together. So I just love what you said about you organize events and you recognize, well, that's great. How do we touch people at events? Like I think you mentioned, turn around and look at something. My gosh, there's a human behind me. <laughs> it's it's so wonderful. I, uh, my book that I just published last year is titled The Joy of Living, How to Slay Stress and Be Happy. And one of the chapters, one of the strategies is called friendship. And the ability to have, as I said, if you can count your friends on your thumbs, then you're doing well in life. Not, you know, 20, 30, 50. Those aren't friends necessarily. They may be good acquaintances, nice, but friends live deeply. That's the, I think that's part of your message. When you said playbook, I love that because the first word in playbook is play. Yeah. And that's what I think you've, the genius of what you've touched here. I mean, I'm telling you when we're working with this and we're having fun and I brought together, uh, I was fortunate that my uh sister-in-law, my brother-in-law, and their families came to visit us just a few months ago. We played. <laughs> oh, oh, we connected. Uh, Jenny, this makes everybody listening, hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people. By the way, everything you want to know about Jenny Dalio, D-A-L-I-O, uh, just go to my website, barryshaw.com. It's all going to be there. And I urge you, just go to barryshaw.com. Learn everything about Jenny and what she's doing because this is transformational. This is not just information. That's available anywhere. This is not just inspirational because that comes and goes. This is transformational. You literally will do and become what you want to do, which is to hug and be and do. Am I correct, Jenny? Isn't that That's what right. this does? Yeah. I love it. So let's let's continue on your journey of it's great. I mean, I see it's all packaged. It's beautiful and such, but that doesn't happen overnight. That takes time to think about. What is it that, bless you, Thank by you. the way, it's called, it's called sneezing on the truth. <laughs> it's a famous line in, in my, my family. How did you come about to envision 
not just the packaging, but what's in there. That have that takes time and energy. And by the way, love of other people. If you were not suffused with the ability to have people love you and to give love, this couldn't happen. This is a manifestation of love. That's what I'm calling it. You hear that? Yeah, this is exactly. a manifestation of love. So how did it happen? How do you do this? So if we go back in time, my mom uh, growing up was a psychologist and my dad was a businessman. So it, it kind of combines both the psychology and then it's a product you know, that gets sold. And I, my, I have an aunt who is the best question asker I have ever encountered in the world. And she, she has this genuine curiosity to know how you're doing. And she'll ask questions that would never occur to me. You know, she'll ask somebody to go through hour by hour what their daily routine is like. And it might sound like too much, but she does it in a disarming way that makes you feel loved and you're happy to answer. And she, it's clear that she just wants to know you. And I got a lot of inf- inspiration just growing up around watching how somebody can unfold in in front of the right questions. Um, And then through the events that happened as well. And then when you go specifically to the creation of the cards, a lot of it was in there from my personal and professional experience. Um, There are a few decks that I asked friends to collaborate on and they're, they're credited in the deck. The team building deck is meant for work type relationships and there's an acknowledgements card and, and, and they're listed on there. Um, uh, but most of the decks have just come from years and years of personal and professional experience watching what it, what it takes, you know? Uh, and- I do. And that's, I've learned sure. to share. So, <clears throat> let's, let's pull, let's do something very specific. going to go deep. Okay. Um, yeah. by the way, the, the name of this podcast is the joy of living, not the joy of living, the joy of living. And joy is a wonderful acronym that stands for journey of you. That's what joy stands for, journey of you. And that's what I feel when I touch and use the these cards. That's what happens. It's great. Oh, by the way, before I do that, I want to I want to go to something because I asked you your three favorite books and you wrote something fabulous. Your grandmother's handwritten recipe book. <laughs> so First of all, where did you grow up? Who was your grandmother? And why do you love this book? Sure. Thank you for asking. So my grandmother, all of my ancestors are originally of Armenian descent. And my grandmother was born in France, immigrated to Argentina during World War II. And, you know, she wrote these recipes in cursive. And I grew up really delighting in her food. It was a mixture of French. I grew up in Argentina until I was nine. And and then we moved to the U.S., uh, but we always visited. So it was a mixture of, you know, Argentina is a big melting pot of different country countries. So it was a mixture of the things that she had encountered um, as well as her own traditions. And not only was the food delicious, but it was very lovingly prepared. And I, I heard recently, I, I talked to a chef at a restaurant and he said that even when we don't realize the dishes that people like most are the ones that in some way hint to flavors of their childhood. And I think it's true. We have those. Oh, wait a minute. That, that's a nugget. That is beautiful. That's exactly right. You can yeah. literally relive the genius of your childhood when you taste certain food. Yeah. In the same way that, that smells can stick with you. You know, I, I have an uncle who passed away and at, sometimes in an airport or on a street, somebody will walk past me with his cologne and, <laughs> I, I stop because I have a flashback to 
to a specific person and, and flavors can have a flashback to a specific moment in your life and, and have, you know, in some senses, a sense of nurture or whatever comfort, whatever you might have felt. So I have a lot of that through her, through her recipes. And in fact, I've transcribed the recipes, tested them, shared them with friends. And I'm in the process of publishing a book called Closer that weaves together both the recipes and all of my advice on, on gathering, because a lot of, a lot of important conversations happen with food in between us. You know, very often you, you take somebody out to dinner or you sit down somebody for coffee for, you know, in different, you know, in different scenarios, more often than not, it's important moments are shared over food. My, um, I could go into a lot of different moments in my own life where, you know, at an important dinner, an important lunch or an important family breakfast, some announcement was made, you know, we were all there to talk about it. So the importance of food in terms of what it brings back in our childhood and then the importance of people gathering around a table to share a moment started with that book of hers, me transcribing the recipes, testing them all I did this throughout COVID, you know, I had time on my hands. I was pregnant and, right. um, and, and then kind of interweaving, you know, not just the food, but also what do you talk about? How do you make for a good conversation? And I think one thing that's, that's really important, it's not just the questions, but also the ability to be vulnerable, because I, I think a big part of the reason that people don't dare connect is the fear of being rejected or the fear of being misunderstood or the fear of being criticized. And that does happen. So it, it goes both ways. The, the party who's listening needs to also, in order to have a successful conversation, be a good listener or non-judgmental, you know? So there are things that can help both sides do it properly. Um, and th that's also, I, I, I talk about that in the book, different strategies. Um, and that was going back to my grandmother's recipe book, that was how it began, you know? The, so the, I want to ask uh, several questions because uh, I'm listening carefully here. Uh, first of all, I, I applaud you on the title. You said the title is going to be Closer. Yeah. Whoa. I don't know how that happened. That's genius. You hear me? That's genius. Second thing is, did you meet your grandmother? Yes, yes, yes. Oh, so you grew up Mm -hmm. With your grandmother, you knew her. Yes, I knew. I've met all of my grandparents. I only have one. My other grandmother uh, is still alive, and she's nearby, actually. She's coming later this afternoon here in Uruguay. Um, amazing. Okay, yeah. that's, a, that's a major part of your personal evolution and why you're able now to share this love with the world. Because of the generational inspiration is something that, unfortunately, in the United States of America and happening worldwide is breaking. Yes. And I believe, not just believe, I know, as, you, as do you, that food is one of the places that people can come together. And you mentioned about being vulnerable. Uh, you heard my, in the introduction of my my particular story, I was a quadri I became a quadriplegic overnight. And one of the interesting things people ask me all the time, well, how did you get better? Now, by the way, you should know, my arms move and all this sort of stuff. I can't sit up from this chair. I'm still paralyzed, basically, from the waist down. Uh, but people ask me, well, what happened? I said, well, I used PTL, prayer, therapy, and love. 
And I can tell you something about the love part. It was just as difficult, more difficult to receive this amazing amount of love that people were pouring on me because I'm now paralyzed and they love me and they want me to get better than it is to give. It's sometimes easier to give love than to receive boundless love. Like grandparents will love you no matter what. They, you know, they're, they're there. Uh, so the other thing I want to mention, and I'm asking you about this now, talking about being vulnerable, Jenny, Food is remarkable and amazing because of all the things that happen with it. And of course, every dish is made with vitamin L, right? Love. You know what vitamin L is? I'm guessing and love. Love, of course, because love stands for living on vibrant energy. That's what you put into food. It becomes vibrating energy when it's served because it's done with love and eaten with love and shared. Uh, one of the things that used to happen, and I'm, maybe it still did in your, when you were growing up, less so today, but I urge people to consider this, is that we would say a blessing before eating food. We would not just thank the host or hostess, we would thank God, the creator, even if you don't believe in it. <laughs> just thank you, because thanking, as I mentioned before, conscious, conscientious thanking is a reverberating process in the being that enables something higher to happen. And the same thing after eating food. I'm Jewish, as you see, see, Jewish. And we, in our tradition, we say a blessing before food and a blessing afterward. But the ability to bless around food literally is wondrous because now when you start talking with people, talking about meaningful conversation, and yes, when you talk about vulnerability, you say, well, I ask at our table on every Friday night and Saturday, I ask my son and our guest, what was the most wonderful event that happened this week? And people have to say what happened that was special. And I think that's what you're talking about, talking about live deeply. So I, I'm just, I'm so touched by what we're doing right now <laughs> because I feel like we're eating together. You hear me? Yeah. And I want to add to that because you, a bit ago, you mentioned something about um, that's very much, that's been on my mind since you said it about how, you know, how ironic that we have so much more technology and yes, we feel so, and yet we feel so disconnected. And it's stuck in my mind because I think it's true. I, I think about it a lot, how someone, someone once said to me that technology is a tool. So if you take a knife, a knife can be used, you know, to cut food or to harm someone. And it's not so much about the tool, but it's how you use it. And it's a nuanced thing, right? Because I also, I understand that that technology can be, you know, addictive. And there are a lot of, it's, it's a bigger thing than, I don't want to oversimplify, but I have found that I, I moved to, my, to Miami when I was nine years old. And this grandmother that I'm still close to, and a lot of cousins and friends stayed behind. And I had to find ways to adapt to the new communication style that we were going to have if I wanted to maintain a close relationship, not just a see you every few years kind of relationship. And, and I deeply wanted that. And, and I find that even now, COVID has made a lot of people spread around. So I don't have, my best friends aren't anywhere near me. One's in London, the other's in Argentina, everyone's all over the place. And it's taken developing new habits that I'm saying, I'm conscious of saying this because I want your listeners to to keep it in mind, you know, you could use your phone to send sort of small, quick, maybe meaningless messages. And at the end of the day, it's almost 
like eating fake food, you eat it, but then at the end, you're still hungry. And I think that's what happens with with misuse of technology, even with good intentions. I'm not saying this in, in you know, in a judgmental way, but I'm talking to the people who kind of feel unsatisfied by the communication they have and to share something I've learned along the way, which is it takes a lot more effort. And at the end of the day, I do still prefer to gather around a table. But there are times when, you know, family lives far away and that's just not an option. Um, my cards are perfect for when you, we gather. But in the meantime, what do you do? <laughs> and um, I think it the big breakthrough for me has been to kind of just bear the fact that there's this barrier that can be brought together by communication and begin that vulnerability in a new format. So I have a WhatsApp group with my friends and we'll send each other super long voice notes saying this is happening. And sometimes when it's important, it'll be a decision and we'll talk through what we're thinking. And depending on time zones, you know, maybe six hours later, you get a voice note in response. And I really feel accompanied by them in, in this way. You know, I'm, it's imperfect. I, I, prioritize in-person relationships when I can, but I, I want to encourage your listeners to lean into the relationship that you want, even if it has to happen through technology. So as a family... You know, on, that, on that note, on that note, let's pause because we have sponsors that love this show and we urge everybody to use these sponsors because they're wonderful products and services we wouldn't have them if they weren't. And we'll be right back with more Jenny Dalio and connecting right after this brief message. Don't go away. She's amazing. Opportunity. What an opportunity. I'm going to use two four-letter words right now. Free gift. Free gift. Yes. You can have a copy of my best-selling book, The Joy of Living, How to Slay Stress and Be Happy, the ebook version for absolutely free. All you have to do is send an email to me, Barry, B-A-R-R-Y, at barryshore.com, and in the heading, the subject line, just write, free gift. <laughs> it's as easy as that. This is a life changing life enhancing opportunity barry at barryshore.com you'll be glad you did thank you thank you thank you free gift do it now take the action make it happen right now best wishes bye imagine the kind of place you would want to shop for your favorite fur baby pet honest Pets.co. Well, you found it. Honestpets.co. Not .com, .co. This is your go-to spot for the best, the cleanest pet treats that exist anywhere on the planet. All of the brands go through a rigorous review to make sure they meet the high standards of cleanliness, health benefits, and naturalness. This site was started by a husband and wife team, and it's veteran-owned, and that care about pets, especially dogs and cats, and coming soon, bird treats. These are very nice young people who really care about making a difference because a portion of proceeds go to support veteran organizations with a focus on service dogs. This is the place where you want to go. You want to tell your friends this has the finest, yummiest, freshest, all-natural treats and stuff for your fur baby. So go there, honestpets.co honestpets.co. Do it now. 
Good day, beautiful, bountiful, beloved, immortal beings, and good-looking people. Remember, you're good-looking because you're always looking for and finding the good. Our cup runneth over with good. And a body called Jenny Dalio, and she has, per, she's breaking through the disconnection and the disconnecting processes that exist in life and enabling people to get closer through a remarkable process called Meaningful Relationships. And everything you want to know about Jenny and uh, WeLiveDeeply.com, just go to my website, BarryShore.com, 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 and share this with five people. Because you share with five people, I didn't say 50 or 100, 1,000, five people will touch a million and a half lives. That's the important thing. But make the effort. On that note, making the effort, that's what I want to come back to here. Because you were talking about staying in touch with people who are geographically dispersed. And the genius, the genius of now new communication is that, yes, they may be, it may be an imperfect process, but it is a wonderful process when you can shift. Remember that word shift. You got to keep the F in there. Shift your habit and adapt and utilize it for what it's what it can be, and therefore make the effort. I think that's the issue here. Make the effort. Let's go now to something that you're doing in maintaining these relationships. What is it that you have found? Just give us two ideas. What are the two most important ideas that you have found in maintaining meaningful relationships with people? So, you can even talk about this in advance, but I highly encourage you to share the updates and struggles that are going on in your life through for we use WhatsApp groups and it takes everybody's participation. But if someone's thinking of leaving their job or really struggling with something, they'll share it on the WhatsApp group because we've discovered at the end of the day, it's imperfect, but it's the only way that logistically works for us. It, it can be it can feel awkward at first and everyone else on the group has kind of a responsibility to reply because otherwise the system doesn't work. But as awkward as it may seem, the results at the end of it are extremely beneficial to actually know how your family is doing. Like, how are you really doing? Um, so we've just come to terms with, you know, we're going to WhatsApp each other how we're actually doing. And and then that way we avoid catching up and discovering, oh, my all these things happened and I had no idea. I hate that feeling. I want to I want to know exactly what's going on so I can help you. Um, so I, I would say bullet number one is you could you could start by having a conversation, but however it comes about, lean into we're at a distance. How can we lean into this kind of sharing our lives vulnerably? And then the second is, I would say being mindful of this dynamic of how to let how to create a space that enables somebody to open up truly. And I was thinking about it when we returned from break, because you were talking about seeing the good, right? You said the good looking people who are looking for the good. And one of my favorite quotes that we used to have, we used to put on company water bottles was um, when you look for the good in others, you discover the best in yourself. Wait a minute. I want you to repeat it, please. When you look for the good in others, you discover the best in yourself. And that has so many different ramifications, beginning with, um, if we're going to talk, we we're going to start with the social component of a lot of people come and say, okay, would I feel socially awkward? Or I don't know how to, that's because you're focusing on yourself. 
spend all of your energy directing love at everybody there. And it could be a friendship kind of love, right? But just if, if you try to see what light shines in every person, there's not going to be any energy left for you to feel insecure or wonder, oh, does my hair look good right now? Because you're sending all your energy in a loving way outward. And then secondarily, what I've seen happen is that when I look at people, you know, with that hope, I see them come alive and become the best version of themselves. And I've, I've seen this particularly a lot in work environments when I'm somebody's boss and I, I see their potential and I kind of look at them like they're already there and everybody sort of rises to that occasion, you know? Um, I do know. And I love it. <laughs> yeah. So I think it's, that can happen from small interactions where you're wondering why did the person do this? I'm frustrated to, you know, bigger dynamics of look for the good in others and you'll discover that you're such a happier person because of it. So much here to ask and unpack. with. I, I want to share with you, if I may, may I? Please. So on, on our water bottles, um, uh, let me see if you can read that. It has two words. We urge everybody to wrap their water bottles in two words. Can you read that word? Love. Love. And that word is? Gratitude. Right. When you wrap it in your water, it changes the dynamic, as you know. And that becomes your process, love and gratitude, which is, I think, part of what you're, you're discussing here. Um, I, I love that you use the word results. And it's really important. When I was growing up, <laughs> I'm older than you, and I can talk about this. When I was growing up, especially, I, I remember at the ages of 13 to 17. So that goes back now almost 60 years. Okay, it's a long time in the in the in the concept of what we're doing with technology, and we used to write letters to people. So I had pen pals. I had three pen pals around the world, and it made such a difference to, re, to first of all to write a letter and to receive a letter because when you write a letter, you're going to talk about not you're not going to say, well, gee, um, I walked the dog today. <laughs> you're going to talk about stuff especially when you think that there's a, a listener in the other end who wants to know, who cares. See, this idea of caring, I think, is the essence of what you're about. That's really why I, I ask that you come on here and share with people, because meaningful relationships and we live deeply is about caring. And we can all say, well, there's not enough caring in the world. Well, that's if you say it, that means that you're not you want to you're part of the problem, not the solution. <laughs> we don't only want to think that way. We don't want to speak that way. In other words, there is a lot of caring in the world. You're proof of it. You are part of your group that is making the effort to share. And not just to share what is happening with you. I'm making this statement, you tell me if I'm wrong, but to hear from the other people. Like yeah. you said, the four or five most important words in life are, how can I help you? That's really what it's about, right? I'll tell you, actually, oh, oh. Yes. Something even that I find interesting, <clears throat> very often, especially in the U.S., we're so obsessed with being polite that we often don't take a risk. And I read a story recently of someone who... Um, who their friends just took a risk and helped in the ways that they could. And I found that to be so much more exciting to not even ask. I, I'm, you know, there's a balance. Sometimes you're scared of imposing and, and sometimes you may impose, 
but other times the person, you know, it's so hard to ask for help for everyone. It's listed as one of, you know, people's biggest fears. And when it's really clear what the person needs, I would encourage people in so many different social settings to take the risk. I had a friend who, who always used to encourage our group, like, risk it, risk it, risk it. And we found that we lived such happier lives when we did take risks with kindness, right? You're, you're not coming out of malice, but you know what? I think she needs, she just gave birth. I think she needs dinner. I'm showing up with food. And then I'm, you know, I'm going to clean up the kitchen and leave whatever you have time for. But rather than, you know, I feel like uh, it's for acquaintances to text how I can help and for friends to just actually do it. Uh, <clears throat> Jenny, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> In my book, The Joy of Living, uh, I make note of something we call risk being happy. Because there are people who actually are not happy in this life. Did you know that? <laughs> Risk being happy. I want to share with you, when you talk about talk, you said we don't like small talk particularly, and I agree with you. Um, I'll give you a great acronym for talk. Talk stands for teaching always love and kindness. That's what real talk is. Teaching always love and kindness. So that's, exactly. that's what you do. I, I love this image, by the way, of you showing up with food, cleaning the kitchen and say, bye. I mean, that is the risk being happy manifested. And again, I go back to urging everybody, you, you really need to visit the site. And again, just go to my site, barryshow.com, and you'll find out about Jenny and what she's doing. And, and it's called Living Deeply or WeLiveDeeply.com. And, and get yourself this these cards, because playing cards is a fun thing anyway. When you play cards with these and you ask questions and somebody said, and then you see people either hold back or open. And that's really the genius of it, isn't it? That you, you see people begin to open up because they can trust you. Yeah, exactly. And I, I was very conscious that different settings call for different levels of vulnerability. So some cards are when you want to connect by laughter, which is, you know, maybe it's less deep and philosophical, but it's a legitimately important way to bond. So with slip, you have to say a fake sentence and people try to catch you. And there's so much laughter because sometimes the sentences are ridiculous and you just blurt them out and laugh and you got caught and you lost that point, but everybody's laughing at how you, you know, tried to do that. Um, and then there's others that are kind of, you know, questions that make you think questions to get to know your colleagues. But I, I think it's important to recognize, I sometimes ask a group or family, what are you in the mood for right now? Do you want to laugh or do you want a kind of deep and meaningful conversation? And when you know what people are in the mood for, then you can do it, you know? And uh, you yeah. mentioned uh, some, uh, you know, a story from when, when you were growing up and I've, I've realized in, you know, on the category of caring, how important it is to care, to know our family. And, and I interviewed my grand, my grandparents, my parents, and I have that all recorded now because you, I've had, I've had so many people come and say, you know, something happened with my grandparent and I, I wish I had had something captured and, and now it's too late. And I think we don't realize the preciousness of life. I struggle sometimes to like, I even to this day, I'm like, there are things that I'm not seeing and I'm going to look back and wish I had appreciated more or whatever. And one of the ones that is so apparent to me is parents and grandparents, you know, there's a deck there called Origins. 
that the purpose is to get to know the stories of their life. You know, who could you turn to to tell their secrets when you were growing up? And who did you admire? And what were Sundays like? And a lot of questions that, you know, you have a limited time to, to get the answers. Time is the most precious asset we have. It stands for, time stands for thinking it's miraculous every day. Yeah. That's what time stands for. I'm going to urge you to consider something because I did it with my son. My son now is 35. Every week, Friday afternoon, you have to imagine this because we didn't have the phones like we have today, a big video camera. I took a video of him, sometimes 30 seconds, sometimes a minute. That was it. I just asked him a question. I just watched him. And we accumulated that for years until he was 18. He said, Dad, I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> but... I'm urging you because you have two kids at one and two, just That's 30 precious. seconds per minute every Friday or whatever you decide, but every week and it becomes a compilation and you'll look back over the years and everybody will laugh and have fun. Remember when I did that when I said that? It's like food. It brings back the memory. It's like Can you smell. ask me a question? What do they talk about or what do they do for those 30 seconds? Oh, I just, I, but, but his name is Ezra. So when he was one, he couldn't even talk, right? When he was like, by the age of three or four or five, I say, what are you playing with? And he said, oh, I'm, I'm playing with a ball. And then when he was seven, eight, nine, he was, uh, I said, what are you doing? He said, I, I'm working on this uh, uh, model airplane. But, and, I, and you remember all that stuff. And we captured all that. Oh, so I'm urging you at the eight, right now, because they're one and two, do it. I will. I do love it. that. Okay. There's, a, there's an app also that I use called One Second Every Day. And it, you know, it, it lets you upload a picture or one second of video every day. And at the end of the year, it makes a, a compilation of your year. And that's been mind boggling to see because it's a similar, I think yours is better, you know, to, to watch a, a child grow up. Every um, week. Yes. Yeah, week exactly. Week. So um, I, I urge you to do that. So I have now three quick questions for you. Ready? Yep. Number one, will you come back again? Where? To the podcast. Yes, gladly. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I didn't Remember, want to assume I'm going to invite myself. <laughs> that would have I, want, I, I want you back. Gladly. We're only the beginning. We're going deep. Okay. You That's are. number one. Number two, you have only 80 seconds to answer this question. What is your most fervent desire? Gosh, you're going to have to give me 80 seconds to think about the answer. Uh, you got 80 seconds. That's it. Come on. You can do it. I would say this purpose of, of I'm in the process right now in my own life of a transformation of a lot of the things that I set up. You know, I have a, a whole playbook for how to make friends, and it involves sometimes leaving a note in, under the door of neighbors, and sometimes going to events that you find interesting. And I, I've lived in so many cities around the world, and I've moved around so many times, and I've had to start from scratch so many times that I had that down pat. But now that I have kids, the whole game, I just feel like the the whole table got kicked up, and all the pieces are flying in the air, and I have to rethink the whole thing because I. You know, I don't have the time or the energy to, to okay. go to. Okay, well, what is what is your most fervent desire? I would say to help myself and others establish deep and meaningful relationships toward a toward and, a meaningful life. Right. That ultimately, I've that's it. Meaningful life. Thank you. 
And on that wonderful note, may I give you a hug in front of 372,819 people around the world? Sure. Let me tell you what hug stands for. Ready? Heartfelt, mm -hmm. unlimited giving. Oh, nice. Heartfelt, unlimited giving. On the count of three. Ready? One, two, three. And you're listening to, of course, The Joy of Living with your humble host, Barry Shore, and amazing Jenny Dalio. And we've been discussing the things that make you happier, healthier, and wealthier. Who doesn't want that? Remember, this is not about Jenny. This is not about Barry. This is about you. Why owe you? You becoming the best you possible because you're the best you. You make the world a better place. You build more bridges of harmony, create more joy, happiness, peace, and love in the world, and use the three fundamentals of life. Number one, life has purpose. And when you lead a purpose-driven life, you go mad. Mad stands for make a difference. And the third fundamental is to unlock the power and the secrets of everyday words and terms, such as smile, seeing miracles in life every day. It was my eight-year-old niece says, seeing miracles in everyday life. Thank you. To harmonize and network kindness. To harmonize and network kindness. Use these two words three times a day, every single day for the rest of your life, consciously and conscientiously, and you will be happier, healthier, and wealthier. You, your family, your friends, all living beings. Create the kind of world you want to live in, causing rethinking, enabling all to excel by shift your perspective. You remember to keep the F and shift the other stuff happens. Use the six most important words that you ever internalize, utilize, and leverage in your life. Choice, not chance, determines your destiny. Choice, not chance, determines your destiny. How you choose to respond in any given situation. Use four-letter words like love, life, hope, free, give, pray, play, swim, food. <laughs> And tell the world to F you, capital N, capital N. So from Jenny and Barry, a blessing to all of you. Go forth. Live exuberantly. Spread the seeds of joy, happiness, peace, and love. Go mad. Go make a difference. Jenny, don't go away. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Joy of Living podcast. Now that's another step towards your healthier, happier, and wealthier life. Never hesitate to do good in the world, no matter what the situation. Join us for another upbeat discussion next time at BarryShore.com. And be sure to leave a rating and subscribe to the show to get more conversations like this. And remember to share it with your family and friends, too. See you on the next episode. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute.